Yeah, when she tried to mount the tiger, it was it got weird for the tiger. Welcome to Lunchtime in Rome. You are listening to episode 81. I am here with Chris. Hey, guys. And Jay. I'm here. Thank you for pulling up a chair and sitting at the table with us today. Um, Really appreciate everybody watching live on Facebook. If you would like to uh, join us on Facebook every week, um, you can every Wednesday evening. And if you need to know where all of our social media accounts and everything to subscribe um, and all that kind of fun stuff. It's on lunchtimeinrome.com. And if you would like to take the relational needs questionnaire, you can find that there as well. It'll help you understand more about yourself and how you can meet each other's needs um, with family, friends, and the like. Um, And yeah, lunchtimeinrome.com. That's where you need to go to know everything you need to know about the show. Ooh. Yes. Lots of rhyming. It was awesome. Thank you. Um, and you can also email the show, email us, and um, email any questions. We can keep it anonymous. You can find that contact information there, too. Um, if you have any questions that we want to answer directly, we would love that. Um, and we love the interaction on Facebook each week. So um, that being said, Jay, would you give us a little rundown of what this show is all about? Yes. Uh a problem that everyone faces at some point, and in, with all due uh, respect and reality, many points in their life is feeling alone. And if we can keep ourselves from being alone, and more importantly, perhaps other people from feeling alone, we've done a good thing. And so we do that based on Romans twelve fifteen, a Bible verse, which says, rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. It's about joining somebody in their emotions. And so that is why Rome, Romans 1215 lunchtime uh that's the idea behind it but the reality is it's as if we were having lunch in rome and that's why we talk about food we hang out we talk about food we talk about life in the first part of the podcast we model joining somebody in their emotions and the second part we talk about what it's like uh, a tip uh, a topic something to help others not feel alone or to have us help others not feel alone or ourselves and lastly we do a little segment called uh, do better. I myself already did better because as I was promoting the Facebook live stream, I almost said yours. I wrote your story and then I wrote your story matters. And I was like, no, 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 no hot button topic. So I changed it to your story is important instead of like other things matter. Chris, you look confused. Gotcha. 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 Figured it out there. Why it's a topic. As compared to all lives matter. Your life matters. I figured we'd stay away from that tonight. And stick well, on the fact that your story is important. That's you, right. You've accomplished that. And I still said it, so I still kind of screwed it up. <laughs> but uh, Brian's not with us tonight, but you know who is? Chris. Chris is with us. Chris, what's going on? Oh, hey, everybody. Well, let's see. Food. Oh, so last week I was talking about um, how my kids were, were starting to, you know, they're beginning of the school year and, and, and setting up our fall schedule. And they are each uh, taking a, a night to cook dinner for us. Yeah. And so I'll continue on that theme this week. On Sunday, it was Lily's turn to cook, and she made some delicious homemade mac and cheese. Um, you know, she's... You, you guys know Lily. She's just a fan of mac and mac cheese. Mac and cheese. Right. Yeah. But um, 
she wanted to step it up for the family, and I thought that was really nice. And she um, and Amy looked up a recipe, and I mean, she 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 owned it. She and delivered. It was, this it was Sunday. excellent. Right, because Ben was very worried. <laughs> he did not express that to me. What did he say to you? Well, he kept saying, like, did you talk to mom? Did you talk to mom? <laughs> we were on the way, and he's like, how is it? Did it work out? How is it? Did you talk to mom? He did talk to you about it. I guess just, I, I put it out of my mind. Well, that's... You know, I love excellent. a good homemade mac and cheese. She had some sharp cheddar, some gruyere. Did not she make a bechamel? Uh, I have no idea. What so, is that? That's when you start with, like, a flour and milk. and So a bechamel is just like a roux, and what the liquid is... Um, Milk. You know, I honestly... A lot of mac and cheeses do that. Some just use heavy cream. Uh, mm. Oh, she did use heavy cream. I hey, didn't know that. because We bought it at the store. I remember. On the shopping list. Yeah. Yeah. But um, you can make a bechamel with a heavy cream. And then I got to brag on my boy. I think you'll be proud of my boy too, Jay. I'm already proud of your boy. Ben, um, you know, last week was his first endeavor making burgers on the grill. Mm-hmm. Rather than pick a new meal, he wanted to improve his ah, yes. burgers on the grill. He cooked that tonight. Um... And I'll t- <laughs> the sad part of the story is he co- he started cooking late. I have not gotten to taste them yet. Oh, you're leaving us hanging. I know, right? But he, I do know this. He was very pleased with it. He adjusted his seasoning. He, um, what are you he, doing with seasonings? Um, <laughs> putting them in it. It's yeah, great. he's using them. <laughs> he's got them and he puts them on a burger. You but- sprinkle it in. But his big change this week no, wait, was... Is he putting the seasoning in the meat or on the burger? I believe he's putting it in the meat. Ah. And he also... This was this was his big thing. He, he Googled it. <laughs> There's he some was, judgment on that. He was ah. into the process. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, a lot of people do. I just don't. I, right, I, I, I could it. be wrong. I didn't watch him cook it. But he put an ice cube inside of every burger. That was his... He looked it up. He was like, how to keep burgers moist. That's hmm. where he went. Wow. Okay. And he says it turned out wonderfully. Good I can't wait to, to get home and try it out. You ben know what? Sciencing those burgers. Ben could get into, and now I'm going to sound like an idiot. Um, it's the science of food. Somebody who's watching, please tell me. And it's it's like the Alton Brown, that the uh, gastronomy. Uh, yep. But it's like where they use liquid nitrogen or they use, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, the maltodextrin or the this and the whatever else. I could see Ben getting into that. Hmm. Be the, it's the chemistry of food. Christina said, stop judging Ben, Jay. <laughs> uh, welcome, Christina. Josh, I've, good to see you already. Josh already pointed something out. Oh, we got the sound back. It's all good. No, then he pointed oh. out. He asked if uh, the exact quote is, oh. is Chris the ultimate flex master driving Tesla to church? <laughs> Boom. <laughs> <laughs> weird flex but okay I, I i got nothing you got nothing i love the tesla it's a love great it. car especially the trunk i want one i want to get one i'm gonna get one someday do you not hear me the trunk yeah what what about the trunk well because you paid uh, two hundred and fifty thousand dollars for a car that when you hit the trunk button it doesn't even open. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. That's right. It doesn't spring open. Listen, it's I the did, one thing my Kia has over him. My Kia Forte trunk. That's up. right. Pops right up a year. I can. You ain't got left it. It just goes. It's, I will say oh. when you shut the when <laughs> when you shut the trunk it closes. It scares me when you close the Tesla trunk. I feel it, like I've broken the entire car. There's no it like shake. It. Like no, nope. no, it's it's no. You could go underwater in there. Hermetically yeah. sealed. Yes, yes. Yeah. it's crazy. You couldn't really though, right? It would short out. Sure, probably. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That'd be great. That's no Elon. He said next year they're going to be submarine capable. Elon, as it is. 
Wow, I'm proud of the boy. Christina, shut your mouth. Everything's fine. <laughs> Other than that, non-food related, and I'm sure we'll get into it more later, but back to school. Yes. Today was my first day with students, um, you know, on an odd schedule and on a cart because students aren't allowed to move around the building, so they cannot come to my music classroom. So you put classroom. them on a cart and move them around? I just put kids on a cart and I just <laughs> zip them down the hall. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> no, yeah, we have... You can't get COVID on a cart. Music teacher, art teacher, even the, the phys ed teacher, we're all on carts traveling around to the classrooms and... Wow, kids got to be crazy sitting in that room all day. Right. Yeah. They never move? No. I mean, obviously, restroom or whatever as needed, but... No, nope. no switching classrooms. No, like desks. It's got to get crazier. Desks as the are physically on. distanced. Um, masks all day. Like it is just. I'm sure they're all abiding by the rules. <laughs> we're trying. Hey, for, <laughs> first day, I got to tell you, for the first <laughs> day, I mean, kids were really on their the the top of their, their, their good behavior. behavior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was yeah. really really a smooth day as far as the kids went. Yeah, that's so, good. That's good. Can't complain. I'm sure there's a lot of juggling going on. That's yeah hard yeah um is that it for your week yes sir i guess i'll go sure all right um so food this week i've never made this but i made a mock mashed potato with uh cauliflower Mm -hmm. and it turned out really good like i was actually really surprised on how good it, it turned out tell me how you made it so i cut up the cauliflower a little bit and put it on or in water. Sure. And softened it up. And I, I left it in. I've learned this before. You got to leave cauliflower in longer than... Like a day or two <laughs> extra. <laughs> yeah, right? They say, like, the direction is like 10 minutes. And I'm like, nah. <laughs> I at least double on that. Um, and then some butter, S&P, in the blender. Just whipped it up. Like, whipped and whipped and whipped and whipped. And it came out pretty good. Like, it's like... I mean, you know, they call it mock mashed potatoes. I don't know why. Like, I just call it mashed cauliflower. Because that's what it tastes like. Yeah, and it yeah. tastes good. And that's like, fine. I like yeah. that. You know, I like cauliflower. So that's all it was, though, ingredient-wise. Cauliflower, salt, and pepper. And butter. And butter. Yeah. Nice. So um, it's mock mashed potatoes because it's white and it looks like mashed potatoes. Sure. But it tastes like cauliflower. Yeah. Because it's cauliflower. Right. It tastes, it tastes good. Um, and it turned out really good. The key was, like, really blending it for a while to get it like nice and whipped I mean, a blender not a food processor blender ninja yeah, yeah same one i have yeah it's a good one um and yeah it was that, that was really good and then um it was a big week for us mag's turn two big week Woo-hoo. um oh, oh, terrible twos. terrible twos we've been there we're already there <laughs> um <laughs> The threes were a son she's, of a bitch. That little girl is an angel. She is, she is a good angel girl. Chris turned 80. <laughs> yeah, he did. Um, but she is, she, she is really good. Um, but she's been headed into the twos, I'd say, like a month, Six, or, month oh. or two early. You know, we're, we're kind of normal to the Mags 2 um, stage. Um but it was it was an awesome birthday. Um, we got a swing set, one of those wood clubhouse swing sets. Yeah, you did. Uh, 
for free. We'll say free in quotes because we got it for free. It just needed to be hauled away from some friends of ours. <laughs> You're thirteen hundred dollars into free at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Not that much, but we're you know we're a couple hundred in, um, which is reasonable for what we got because like, oh, it's, it's awesome. gorgeous. It's what got, you guys did to it? Yeah. Seeing the before mm-hmm. pictures? Yeah. Oh, I'm sure you'll put it in the show notes. I can. See. Um, but it, it turned out really good. We stained it with some new fun colors and it's in our backyard now and the last gift that we gave her we didn't the it didn't come with a bucket swing for like a toddler size kid so um my brother and sister-in-law dave and karen bought her a bucket swing which was the last gift that she opened and we um opened it with her you know she opened it and and then we went down and did she get it when thing. she when like did she understand what it was she understood what, like whenever she sees chains that's automatically a swing <laughs> right so like the my, my disc golf basket in the front yard that's a swing right because it's got those chains um but she knew she called she said swing when Aww. she opened it up so that was cool and was ready and it was a good thing she was that ready that was yeah. like at the end of the line well right? and that's the way she, i was yeah. like we got to open up this last because once we open up that nobody could yeah. it's all over she's just gonna want to swing which was cool and that's that's exactly the way it went it was great and she was happy and it was just a it was a great second birthday it was a lot of fun what an angel she is a little angel she is yeah and you went to the zoo Oh, that's right. We did go to the oh, zoo. Oh, I saw some of those pictures. I am never on Facebook, and I saw so you. Go, I mean, go ahead, but yeah, man, that girl's awesome. Yeah, she. Um, my, I think my funniest memory from the zoo is so we walked up and the was and, it crowded? No, set the picture. That was great. What so, day was it? This was Monday. So Monday was Mag's actual birthday, the thirty first, and Amy and I scheduled it off from work so that we could have the day with her and and do fun family things, and um, we decided to go to the zoo. Mm. And we were thinking about getting passes to the zoo. Um, Rachel, Jay, your lovely bride, recommended getting the combo, Children's Museum Zoo combo, mm, which yes. we're probably going to ask for Christmas for Mags from, from Smart. family and whatnot. Smart. Because, like, I don't want to spend a ton of time at the zoo. I don't want to no. be there all Gosh, day. no. Right? Um, Davidson's are big zoo people, right? Yeah. Well, especially back in the day. Yeah. We haven't we haven't had a I'm fine being a big zoo person. I just don't want to be there for more than two hours. Right. Right. And if you uh, if you pay the full ticket price, then you feel fair. like yeah. you gotta get your money's worth and you're there for Exactly. Exactly. And if you get the membership, you can just right. in and out. Yeah. Now we wanted to do this just because, but also like it's a good test run. Like we don't know if she's gonna be freaked out and not right. like it and then like well we'll hold off on that but turns Seeing out her about really... like two feet from a tiger i don't think she's gonna you gotta she's worry okay. about her freaking out she's okay she was good um the but... tiger was petrified <laughs> <laughs> yeah when she tried to mount the tiger it was it got weird for the tiger um <laughs> i gotta yeah I'll, I'll mark that one um <laughs> uh to ride it like like a horsey yeah, um you guys are both <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so we get to we get to the ostrich. Um, this is probably my favorite cutest part of the the zoo. Did you try to mount it? <laughs> <laughs> Only once. Um, remember the game Joust? You rode the. Oh, Dude. Yeah, you do ride yeah. ostriches. Oh in my that. gosh, yeah. that, that was is a great game. Joust was that my is jam. a call. Back. I love that game. Um, wow, but. There was an ostrich, and it was eating out of this little bin on the fence line. It was, like, right there, right in front of us. And we're like, oh, look at the ostrich. And she said, look at the sausage. And I was like, that's pretty good. I mean, like, I don't think she's ever said sausage before. Um, So that was good on itself, getting all those, like, sounds and syllables out. But uh, 
Next question, But though. she said, like, she kept on saying, that's a sausage. That's well, a sausage. Next question. <laughs> I wonder how ostrich sausage would taste. Uh, that'd be fun. All right? right? Lean, you'd have to add some fat sausage. Yeah, yeah. And then when we left, bye, sausage. That's the way she did it. It's great. That's wonderful. It was, it was a very, very sweet moment. And um, she's very much like me. We're like, I don't need to spend a lot of time like just standing there for 20 minutes watching the elephants. Like She was like two minutes and like, all right, let's see more animals. And I was like, right. yeah, let's move on. Yeah, let's move on. Yeah. That's right. Let's do that. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. Did you brave the... Um the, the rainforest or whatever they call it. The, the monkey. The monkey house. Back in the it's day, funny we would have called it the monkey house. So we had, to, we had to wear masks, which Monday wasn't that hot of a day. And, you know, kudos to everybody that wears a mask all day. Us normals don't wear a mask all day, so we're not used to it. So You effectively just call mask wearers abnormals. <laughs> I did. Um, but <laughs> but um, walking around, it wasn't a hot day. But even with the mask on, I feel like 10 degrees hotter. Wait, you had to wear a mask on. outside? Yes, yeah. all, like the whole time. Ugh. So when you take it off, you automatically feel 10 degrees cooler, at least in my opinion. that's what that, mm-hmm. So like the monkey place is already hot and hard to breathe in. I was like, I did, really don't want to go in there right mm-hmm. now. Um, Get monkey funk trapped in your uh, mask. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right? that's what I'm right? imagining. Well, like, and ooh. that's the thing. Like you walk out, still monkey mask. You know what I mean? Like you have to bring a spare <laughs> mask, right? Um, so... It just so happened there was a another family that was walking up um, beside us, and the mom was like, "Ah, oh, the monkey place is closed again. Oh, oh, someday, bomb. someday we'll get lucky, and that, the, and the monkey place will be open." And I that, was like, "That mom is experienced. <laughs> yeah, it's like we, the uh, water room at the children's museum. Oh, it's always closed. I, yeah, I think she had two boys, and like Amy and I just like made contact with like eye contact with her, and we we're like." <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Even though Mags would have like, right. really no idea what she's talking about, I'm like, yes, yes, I've been told about this moment. <laughs> this is it. Then yes, we did not go to the monkey place. But you know we saw a ton of others. Like we saw so many more things. What's cool there? Even if you skip the actual indoor of of the monkeys and apes behind it, the gorilla, the gorillas outside. Yes, and we did do that. That's awesome. Yeah, we did do that. We uh, we did see the gorillas from from that. And there's a little baby gorilla. Aww. He was cool, like he and he was like he was like trucking, just like running, playing. Oh, he was cool, like Donkey was Kong Junior. Yeah, keep climbing up. <laughs> it's all about video games today. Yeah, Everyone I want to play Joust again. <laughs> I, I used to have a good time. With I that know game. I used to play that on Atari. It was a great game. Well, the minute yeah. you brought up Joust, I went with Dragon's Lair. Remember that <gasps> game that was almost like a cartoon? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, that was hard to. What was his name? Dirk, something. I don't know. Uh, the Knight. Yeah. Maybe it's not Dirk. Somebody out there can tell us. I don't think anybody's old enough. That's sad. <laughs> nobody's nobody's old enough. Jay, what say you? How was your week? I don't say much. Um, really, what's new, and I didn't talk about it last week, I don't think, is volleyball's back. Um, I may have mentioned it as far as taking temperatures and asking questions and all that kind of stuff. But it has been um, downright delightful with this group of girls. Uh, young nice. ladies, if you will, although they are girls in that uh, I have no seniors, so nobody's 18. There are no full-grown, quote-unquote, women. Anyhow, um, and I only have three juniors, and the rest, the other 14 are fr- freshmen and sophomores. Um, and I don't know if it's a function of they're just so excited to be playing a sport because most of them haven't now for a while, mm. but the, just the attitude's been great. We instituted a... Um, I guess in the pros would call it a behavioral modification system. 
Mm. Um, but it's one I used to use way back in the day, somewhat modified, which is if a girl is being very defeatist or has a bad attitude. And so very often as a coach, you know, you get trapped into engaging and same thing I'm to a degree, I'm sure with teaching and that with a, with a student who is, um, either spiraling or is, you know, they can not, they can have a bad attitudes towards others or just towards themselves. And so you're talking to them and then their eyes are down and they don't look you in the eyes Mm -hmm. and everything else. And so now it's just simply the minute I get that, and I've told them this is I will say to you, get a drink. And literally they have to go across the gym to where their water bottle is, get a drink and then come back. And what that does is it breaks the moment and it gives them a minute to realize, okay, this is what's on the line. That makes sense. And so then when they come back and everything's fine, great. Everything's good. We move on. Yeah. From a teacher standpoint, that's a great simple strategy just to say, hey, take a break for a minute. Right. Like, yeah. And it's, and it's code. Get a drink. I'm not yelling at you. I'm not scolding you. It's get a drink. We all know what it means. Then when they come back and then they roll their eyes or if I say, okay, we're ready to go and they go fine. So then it's, you get a timeout. Now I do treat you a little bit like a child Mm. and you literally have to go into the team room away from the rest of the team. So you don't get to pout and sit in a corner. You don't go sit on the sideline and huff and puff and get out your phone. You and go, the other teammates can't see you doing that. You just go into the team right. room. Ten minutes, we'll come get you. And then the next step is you go home. Mm. That's it. We're not playing. We're not going to do this all day. I love that. It's not about you. I did it about ten years ago. I learned it from a college coach who um, was a female. And she used to tell the girls, if you want to be about a soap opera, go watch one at home. Mm-hmm. Don't bring it here. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, kids today don't know soap operas. That's but true. That's true. I appreciate the sentiment. Right. And it's it has an, one girl I said to Monday, I said, you want to be the first person to get a drink? And she was like, nope. And I said, all right, let's go. Pick it up. And it was good. And I even asked a couple girls, I'm like, do you guys have bets on who it is? And they're like, no. And I'm like, oh, all right. Like, who's going to be the first well, person? You're like, I would. Right. I'm like, I'll help <laughs> like you with it. Like, me and Todd do. Yeah. Right. I mean, like, you, I, I'm the one. You know. <laughs> I thought you were going to see, say something about, like, TikTok drama. No, is but there's soap opera. Right. Like, oh, yeah. You want to be in a TikTok? <laughs> there is one girl that when I'm not watching, like, any point in time, she is doing TikTok dances. And so now I do actually call her TikTok. And I'm just like, okay, TikTok, let's get back into drill. <laughs> Which may not be very respectful, but, you know. So that's kind of what's new. I'm very excited about it. We have our first, our only scrimmage tomorrow night. Uh, of course, no parents. Only 25 people allowed in the gym. Um, but we'll see where we are. We're awfully young, like I said. But um, Scrimmage, is it? Playing another team. Actually, somebody's coming in. Yeah. So nice. it's like a preseason game kind of thing? Exactly what it is. It's yeah. not like it. It's exactly what it is. Right. No score. Play for X amount of period of time and okay. go from there. Cool. And then we don't have our first match to look at. Is it home? 14th. Is it at Penn Hills? Or is it's it at Penn Hills, okay. which is nice. Yeah. So I don't have to go anywhere. Yeah, it is nice. Because then we get into whole bus travel, and that's another whole story. <laughs> but, um, yeah, you have to keep the windows open, no matter what. Oh, my. <laughs> I guess. I'm happy to play a false sport. Right. That's nice <laughs> this time of year. Oh, wow. Yeah, I don't know about umbrellas, things like that. I got nothing. Um, yeah, what if it is a downpour? They and said the unless windows... it's extremely extreme weather. Okay. I don't know if they doubled up on the extreme. Not sure. Yeah. Ah, oh, man. <laughs> it has uh, to be extremely extreme. Exactly. Food-wise, nothing really to report. I mean, Rachel's into her system of her food. Uh, she's doing her you know, food plan. Weigh everything. Mm-hmm. And so it's the same all the time. Grilled chicken, grilled pork chop. I want you to make um, one of those salads, though. She weighs celery. 
Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. We talked about this. I'm like, how? <laughs> why? Because like when you eat celery, you're like, you're losing, you're burning calories. You're burning more Take calories it up with eating the, uh, whatever it is, NP, NR, or RP. Is that RP? I think it's RP. Whatever NPR. diet plan she's on. No, not NPR. <gasps> Welcome back to Rachel's diet plan. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, and uh, I mean, I did make some green beans with bacon for a uh, family at the church and some parmesan parsley potatoes that was fun somebody's like you have to give me the recipe for that and i was like you roast potatoes <laughs> you put parsley and parmesan sounds on it. delicious though <laughs> it's pretty good it's one of those simple things it's just so good what i want to know and this is something i do when i make like a parsley potato like those mini potatoes mm-hmm. and i cut them in half or a quarter if they get a little too big for the britches yeah and then i soak them um like if you're gonna make fries you want to soak them to get all the starch out tastes like cauliflower Exactly not. Um, but I wonder if you're supposed to do that for when, like, you're roasting potatoes like I do. I don't know. I do it. Hmm. I mean, while I'm doing 20 other things. So I got time. Right. Um, though the other thing I will say is I've been making brown rice for Rachel, and it's complicated. And either I'm buying bad rice, but, like, when I say it's complicated, first you soak the rice, rinse the rice, get all the extra stuff off the rice. Then you actually cook the rice just with butter for a couple minutes then you add all the stock well they say water but i of course always add stock because why waste an opportunity to flavor the rice and it's like either one it might be one and a half it might even be two times you know two cups of fluid to one cup of Mm -hmm. rice and by the time the fluid's gone man that rice is like yeah we are crunchier than crap like i keep just adding and adding it's almost like i'm making a risotto now is that because you do it in the butter and it's like like it's getting a crispy I don't know bro I, I, no, but I'm following I their directions otherwise I just make it like I make white rice and just you know I don't know so uh, I love a good risotto Christina's a big fan of uh, the minute rice how long does it take <laughs> no ironically know, longer than a minute right it's like five minutes or eight <laughs> yeah but you know what sometimes when you're in college and you don't have enough food you're cooking minute rice. Or back in my day when I would make hot dogs. No, I would make spaghetti and sauerkraut and call poor man's holushki. We've talked about this before, which bothered Bob Pleskowski because holushki is a poor man's disease. D- Dish. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was going to say, what? Oh, he's got holushki. All the homeless people are just ravaged with holushki. I love holushki. You might say I've got it bad. And you might feel upset about it, but then you're going to say to yourself, what, Chris? Um, other people have it worse. Uh, you know what? Who am I to complain? Other people have it worse. It hit me with Joe this week, going back to school, senior year, where he's going to go back two days a week. And he's not really going to be taught by his teachers. He's going to be taught online, but he'll be at least in the school for those two days. Mm-hmm. And, oh, at least he has football games on Friday nights, which now I'm just making things up because he doesn't love football games anyhow. But <laughs> And what people say is, Oh, but you know what? Think of the seniors last year. It was the end of their senior. Oh, that's too bad. And we can focus on what other people say when we have problems. It's not about senior year. It's not about, Chris, you having to teach with a mask, a snorkel, a shield, (laughs) and a bubble wrap around your face. And you saying, oh, you know, and other people saying, well, the early settlers taught in a one-room schoolhouse, and they had to kill all the, you know, people that were trying to attack them while they were teaching and build a fire and grow the corn and 
you know, they had it worse. It's not what other people are saying. What I want to talk about is your story, whatever it is that you got going on in your life. Mm-hmm. And maybe right now you don't have anything and that's fine. But I found more and more last week. I talked about how heavy things were. I do remember what I talked about last week and just so many stories. I want to talk about how, you know, we minimize our own problems mm. and why that's not a great idea. Right. Cause it's not just other people that say, Oh, you know, the seniors last year had it worse in our own heads. We do that. Right. We're always like, well, my problems aren't as bad as, you know, whoever, or just the general worst situation of, of the unknown people out there. Right. We don't want to discount the fact that others minimize it because sometimes that's what people do. And they say, you know, and they do it for different reasons. And, and we will look at that as well tonight, but but it's also as much what we tell ourselves that that when we do that, and you know that's like I knew now maybe it's different from my story, but I knew a couple whose child was diagnosed with leukemia, and they kept saying, "Well, but you know, it's the good cancer hmm. because the high rate it's the high rate of recovery and cure, right? You know, and maybe there's something to that. I mean, that was their, wrong. That was their way of saying, "Well, we're going to be okay. We're going to be okay." So there is there's. Maybe that's sure. an angle, too. I right. don't know. Your fast logic and reasoning, the... Uh... Mm, I'm, I'm... <laughs> Either one of us could save him, but we'll just stare at him. Right. <laughs> Ignoring the the The, the, the reality hurt. of, yeah. hey, it's still leukemia. Right. Like, back in back in my day, right. you know, one of my classmates had leukemia. We were like, well, he's gone. Mm. And yet he lived. And we were like, oh. You know, now the survival rate is up 30% since then sure because of modern medicine and everything else um but you know let's look at why why do we you know we know why others do because they want to make us feel better why do they minimize what we're going through um it also is maybe too uncomfortable for them they're trying to make us feel better and they may be trying to make themselves feel better because they don't know how to deal with this but let's focus on ourselves for a minute and by ourselves i mean the individual Who's experiencing, they just lost a job. Oh, well, you know, at least I have a little bit of savings, or at least it happened during this time when there's extra unemployment benefits or a health problem or, you know, whatever. Why do you think people in general minimize their own problems? Um, I would say mainly because it's all we get all of our lives from other people. Hmm. Okay. So that's well, well mostly so- most of us do. And or your own parents. I mean, that's where you've gotten the yeah. most of your comfort or lack of right. most of your life. So you're saying the people that tend to minimize their problems. And again, not everybody does. Right. Some people maximize. Sure. For the same reason. Right. Uh, that they, you know, my, anytime you got a little boo-boo, mommy was like, oh, my baby. Right. And so now anytime something goes wrong, you flip out. So you're saying it's a lot of it is sort of nature or nurture. Yeah. That you've been used to. Well, I don't really matter. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Yeah. I've got to, like, on one hand, I feel like it's sort of a balancing act that you do, like, or that I'll just speak for myself, that I do in my brain, like, I want to to know how it, it is relative to other things so that I know how to appropriately react to it. I guess that's but not... that's assessing, that's, that's not, not minimizing. minimizing. You're right. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> Christina said uh, she doesn't want to look like a, a complainer. Or one. Not necessarily her. Oh, right. Right. And so, but see, that goes uh, to me, that immediately goes back to your point, Eric, because you've been told. Right. You've been told not to complain. Right. Right. Um, 
That kid in Africa. You've complained. There's kids starving in Africa. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. E- Always somebody worse off. See, we go with Ethiopia. I don't know why. Huh. At our house. Okay. Like when Joe complained about something, and I'll say, you know, uh, you know that kid in Ethiopia, he's not complaining about his computer not working, right. which is really a terrible thing to say, because there are computers in Ethiopia. Yeah, there are. And those kids complain. <laughs> But yeah, I think that is very much of it of we're conditioned that way. Sure. And it's yeah. and or and again, it's as we're raised, but also by our friends, by our lack of friends, by people's inability, I think. That we've reached out. We've we, I guess my point is we've learned that it, that our problems don't seem to matter to anybody else as much as they do. I'll to, speak uh, for, from someone who who's who's um who turns to guilt a lot. Mm-hmm. Um I think you know, we feel like our problems aren't as bad as we think they are. It's like it's oh, it's yeah, that's it's my fault that I feel that way. I feel a little guilty for for you know making it a bigger deal than it is, or or even if that's in my head, it's not a bigger deal than it should, or I'm not making it a bigger deal than I should be. But you feel guilty feel for like feeling I'm, guilty yes. about something yeah. <laughs> when yeah. there's other people that should feel more guilty about something right. or what, whatever. Like they're they yeah, I got gotcha. you yeah. And I think also it goes to, you said guilt, but also we talk a lot about self-condemnation is a place where our hurts go that I'm not even worthy. It's not my fault. My, my, my needs aren't being met. I don't even, I'm not even worthy. So imagine somebody who deals with a lot of self-condemnation and something bad happens. They go, well, of course it should. Right. You know, so of course it should happen to me. Mm. You know, it's, it's those poor people, not poor as in economic, but those poor people that had something bad to them, they don't even deserve it. Because they're good people. Mm-hmm. I'm a terrible person, so of course this has happened to me. Right, and so I'm not, it's not worthy of really looking into what to do with this. That's it. So, like when you say, wouldn't that be guilt if you say, "Well, I'm a terrible person"? I don't. No, it's not my. No, that's the difference between guilt and self condemnation. I did this. That's why my need wasn't met. Is guilt? Okay. It's my fault for something I did. Right. Is guilt. But you, I, like, I'm a terrible human being, not worthy of having my needs met. Okay, is self-condemnation. Okay, it's 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 uh, it is without pers- without a correlation to the actual need. Right. No matter what the need is, I don't deserve to have it met. No right. matter what the hurt is, I deserve it because I'm a terrible person. Yeah. Okay. You know, it's not like um. So if you have a guilt, say your kid um. I don't know, has hepatitis mm-hmm. and you were a, an avid drug user mm-hmm. and you're like, oh my gosh, it's my fault because right. I was a drug user. Now they have hepatitis. Right. Whereas if you just go, I'm a terrible person, so why wouldn't my kid get hepatitis? Mm-hmm. Even if you never use drugs, but all of a sudden your kid has some disease and you're just like, mm. makes sense. Right. I'm a terrible person. Of course, I, that would happen to me. Yeah. There's a difference between the two. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think no matter what, you know, three bad things happen when we minimize our problems and we don't really just address them for what they are. Um, The first thing is that it's, you're just ignoring it and it's going to come back stronger. Mm -hmm. Like like that hurt. You're like, Oh, well other people have it worse. You know, I'm I'm doing the, the emoji, not the emoji, but the uh, combination of different punctuation symbols, like the stick figure guy. That's like, Oh, well, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it doesn't go away. Hurts do not go away. And you can shove them away all you want. You can minimize them, but it's going to come back stronger. Secondly, 
the hurt manifests itself differently. So if you're just sitting you're like, well, other people have it worse, it's still going to go. We talked about this a couple weeks ago, the difference between stress and distress. You can say some people have it worse, and then in three weeks you have an ulcer. <laughs> you know, you can say, oh, well, at least it's not this, and all of a sudden you have migraine headaches. Mm. You know, oh, I have no – I have <laughs> all my teeth are flat because I grind them all the time, and my mouth is locked throughout the entire time I'm sleeping. The hurt is going to go somewhere. Right. Your brain can tell that you're – you can tell your brain, hey, let's look at it this way. Perspective only goes so far, and it doesn't address actual hurts. And I would say, lastly, that doesn't doesn't address the problem. Doesn't affect you know whatever it's causing you. If you say, "Oh, my daughter has leukemia," great, that's the good that's the good cancer. Okay, that doesn't address the fact that your child has cancer. Doesn't right. address the fact that you're about to go through some difficult things, and you're just going to keep la la lying past the severity of the issue yeah. for what it's worth. Right. Again, don't make it worse, but it definitely needs to be what it is. And so, therefore, whether it's going back to school. And it's not the way it should be as a teacher, whether it's your senior year of a school and it's not the way or your first year. Imagine all these poor kids first mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. Hey, at least you have a school to go. You know, all the different ways we minimize things. We have to address it and make it special, you know, or make it for the teacher or for the student. If you're if you have somebody that's sick in your life. OK, how can we make sure everybody is as healthy as possible? How can we make sure you're as healthy as possible? If it's a job situation. OK, how can we shore this up? If we're just minimizing things and saying others have it worse, we're not going to address what the real problem is. So what do we do when we – how do we change that about ourselves? Like do we just – we? If you're a minimizer? To, yeah. Do we just need to take the time to sit down with ourselves and our own brain and say – Here's, you know, let, let me think about, let me really think this through. How do I feel about this? Uh, how do we change it is a good question. Um, and it's, again, I think with all things when we talk about emotional needs, it's micro and macro. What do I mean by that? Well, macro, you have a lifetime of reacting to things a certain way. And so the only way you're going to get better is by healing a lot of those hurts. And we've talked about that in some different podcasts to the point where you're not going to be so much. Um, whatever your hurts go, you know, you have to learn how, okay, there is some, you got to get healthier emotionally. Number one, number two is to have somebody that you can talk to be open and be honest and be vulnerable and say, look, where am I with this? And how, how is this? Am I, am I treating this with enough? You know, somebody you can trust um, because the person you can trust the least is always yourself. Mm. We'll always lie to ourselves. I think, I mean, I that that's not exactly groundbreaking um, social emotional psychology there we always lie to ourselves we have to have somebody else that we that we can trust that can say no this is you know you're right or no you're not this is a big deal and 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 to go from there i think is the first step to have that somebody else and that's part of why we do this podcast so that we're better at being that somebody else for somebody else right um and that we'll tell you the truth and we'll say yeah things are where they are and, and here's how we can, you know, one thing when, when Trey was diagnosed, one of the things that helped me the most was somebody that's grabbed us literally and figuratively, figuratively both by the hand and said, we're going to get through this and here's how we're going to do it. I was like, oh, okay. So it is a big deal, but there are people willing to help, you know. That's, that seems like it's a hard thing to, because like you said, you can't really trust yourself and you want somebody else's input. And then sometimes though, you're, you know, you're stuck with a parent or a friend who is a minimizer of your feelings, like we talked about earlier. Right, so they're saying to you, "Oh, it's not that bad." 
and it's hard to know. Oh, is is that is that true? <laughs> should should I not be feeling the way that I'm feeling, and I need to, you know, maybe I'm maximizing it, and I'm not balancing, you know, my feelings on this issue correctly because they're they're saying to me, oh, it's not a big deal, and then I guess you could have somebody in your life who's who's the other way too, who is maximizing. That's I would just say that's a hard it's a hard thing. It's a hard balance to find. Yeah, but I think you need to know the people in your life, and and you know by. And we talk about with comfort. There's over comforters, you know, that when you have something wrong and you're like, no, I'm okay. And they're like, no, you're not okay. And like they start <laughs> right. crying. Same thing. There might be the overly drama, dramatical people. And then there's the people that do the, the naysayers, if you will. So you do need to have that somebody who is a good sounding board and will join you in that um, to come alongside you like that. Um, I'm a little confused. Uh, why did I call Jared a liar? I don't know. Jared, tell me why you're a liar. <laughs> or why you think he commented on our Facebook page. Or on the feed, I should say. Um, but that's, I just want to make sure that everybody realizes that, you know, your problems matter. And that, that it's something that needs to be looked at. And if you minimize it, it's not going to help you. And we're here to help you through it as much as we can, you know, for people that know us. Reach out to us. And uh, we can be that sounding board. We're all pretty good at that, in my opinion. And... um it is interesting, like... Oh, because I said that we all lie to ourselves. Uh, yes, Jared, you do lie to yourself. <laughs> it is, you know, and just to kind of recap, like, it is interesting, you know, going through a time... Like, let's... I'll, I'll work... I'll use work as a situation. Like, you might have, like, something minor that's happened in your life. Um, maybe you broke a finger. Yeah, something like that. And something that can be healed, and it's you know it sucks, but you know right, it's you right, know, right. It's, it's you know in the grand scheme of things, right. It's, Whereas yeah. like maybe somebody else has on on your team or you know your a fellow coworker, maybe they lost their their mom or you know somebody passes away, like you're still hurt and you're still having that problem. Like you're physically hurt, but you're also like you know you have that issue, and it's it's creating stress and and different things in your life. But it's getting overshadowed by that other person. It's important to reach out to people that you can trust, and you know that you know that kind of thing. You know, it, you know, in your life that you can reach out to, even for the minor things, when there's so many other things, other things that are happening, to other people that might be more macro that are you know just bigger. Sound like bigger issues, right? Somebody you can talk to and say, you know, like I know this person's having an issue, and I, you know, I certainly don't want to minimize that, but. I'm also I'm I'm having this and I just need to talk to somebody. Right, about and it. I try to probably like, don't go to the person that has something worse. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. Well, that's my yeah. point. Like, sorry, I just buried I half to... of your family, <laughs> but my son has the sniffles. Right. Yeah, you don't do that. Like my, and that's kind of who I try to be because like everybody cares about that person. Right. Um. And like, there's a there's a I'm not going to go into any detail, but there's somebody at my work that's going through a really tough time, and I feel like a lot of attention goes on to that person, which they very I don't want to overshadow it at all they very well deserve the attention that they're getting and the love that they're getting but when something else happens to somebody else like I like to be that guy like, man that sucks like you know I come alongside and join them if they got you know something else going on because I, I a lot of times they're that. forgotten I love that you said that because that is a great way to be a great person for a lot of people to go to the person you know especially if somebody else in their world has something quote unquote worse and maybe it is worse but to still recognize where somebody is in their situation. Um, 
it, it reminds a good example of this would be, and this is ironic to a degree, uh, my brother, who is known as one of the world's greatest doers, mm-hmm. um, not always known as the best emotional responder. Um, and I say that because he's not very good at it. <laughs> um, does he listen to the show? He does not. Ooh. Same guy who said he didn't know what my website was, couldn't remember it. And my website is jmitlow.com. <laughs> so he doesn't try very hard. The point of the story is what he said is when a baby is born, he said everybody goes and checks on the baby. They go to the hospital. Oh, let me see the baby. Let me see the baby. He said the smart people check on the wife and say, oh, how are you doing? The mother, mm-hmm. how are you? He said, nobody checks on the dad. Mm-hmm. And he said, the dad has just gone through something he has never gone through before, which is watching his wife go through the worst pain imaginable and being unable to help in any way, shape, or form, to not be able to make it better. Right. And he said, and that is devastating for a lot of guys. Mm-hmm. And it was so funny because I remember when, when Joe was born, I was like, I'm okay with it. <laughs> like, I, don't, I lived through most of my life not being able to do much, but for for him as a doer, like that's a big deal. And yeah. I thought, boy, that is brilliant. Yeah. So now, whenever somebody's born, I go check on dad. the dad. Now, now, yeah. is what the dad's going through? Is that anywhere near what the the right the mother has the physical gone pain, no. the stress of everything, right. the worry? This is a great example. This is yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, right. But yet, it matters. Right. And to minimize that. You know, is is ridiculous, and the baby's not going to understand. Baby, at that point, you can try. They don't care. They're so selfish. Yeah, they don't so get any we, less selfish. Let me tell you that. So when right. we think about our like our relationships with others, we you want to meet people where they're at. Yeah, You're right. You don't want yeah, like just because yeah. their hurt maybe isn't as gigantic as somebody else's hurt. That's okay. All the hurts we want we want to be able to comfort all of those situations yeah. and help everyone and where, wherever they are in their emotional needs and i agree and that's what i always teach we want to meet people where they are but what's interesting is what we're saying here is we want to make sure you are with your pain in the right place mm-hmm. what we're saying is some people aren't in the right place because we're minimizing so it's hard to help somebody else if somebody's if eric's saying oh it's not a big deal i mean okay an asteroid fell in our house but we'll rebuild <laughs> right um you know, and I'm like, dude, it's a big deal. Like, you love this. You know, it's hard because you are saying to somebody, you're not treating this seriously enough. Right. And that's why a lot of this is I want us to focus on ourselves. You know, when you are minimizing, because only mm-hmm. you can fix you. You can you can reach out to somebody to help you. But, you know, so, yeah, you want to meet people where they are. And and if they're minimizing, you gently guide. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. Because you don't want to go too far because that maybe they're minimizing for a reason as right. well mm, and so point. there's a level of like self-discernment being able to figure yourself well, out it, it, and know who you can trust to come in and say oh, you learn how real quick help, when yeah, you reach me. out to somebody else and they're like not there for you right, right. right, right. Yeah, you get that real quick it's right. rare that's why we do this so that people get better at it right and i think jay it goes back to what we've talked about before of like you only comfort what they have let you know about like you don't want to mm ask more and dig in and because then their mind you know starts going elsewhere and stuff we talked about that a little bit right. before you sort of just brought up two different things one is um join them in their emotion mm-hmm. is number one like okay like how i've said the over comforter those are terrible people not terrible people they're <laughs> terrible at comforting when you're just like i'm okay no you're not okay and they're crying and now you're comforting them because they're so sad like that's no good or the people that minimize you know join somebody where they are in their level of grief mm-hmm. the other thing you brought up was don't ask questions yes 
that if somebody says, oh man, I'm just really upset right now. My, my kid has a, you know, my kid got sick. Mm-hmm. Well, what do they have? What's the prognosis? No, 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 no. You just go, wow, that's terrible. Mm-hmm. I'm really sorry. And right. then you go from what they give you. Right. Jared asks, what do you say to those who ignore their own pain to comfort others? Even mm. if it's equally as difficult. I'm not sure I completely understand the question. So it's somebody who's ignoring their own pain and then they're always comforting other people. Right. I don't think you can really comfort other people without getting your hurts comforted yourself. You're kind of saying if you're not healthy, you can't help somebody else. Be right. Hurt people hurt people. And it's not so much that they're hurting them, but they're like probably, if they don't have a good understanding of how to do it, they're probably not doing a good a good job. I could be wrong. There's probably exceptions to the rule. Well, and what I would say, I wouldn't say much to the person who's ignoring their own hurts. I would try to join them. You know, so somebody's saying, oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm going to go help those people because mm-hmm. it's easier to help somebody else than to focus on your own mm-hmm. hurts. Mm-hmm. So the point is, I would I would be around them as much as I could and and try to comfort them, even though they're not looking for it. Um, he goes, yes, those who push off comfort because they see worse somewhere else. So the person that is minimizing their own pain yeah. right. is try to be as real to them as possible. Throw little feelers in there. You know, like, hey, you doing all right? Oh, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I can imagine. It's okay if you're not. Right. No, I'm fine. I'm fine. Okay. You know, and then they go, but what about that person? You go, yeah, that's tough. It's almost, you know, I can imagine it's tough as well for what you're going through. And right. you'll get it. Like, they'll push you away and you're like, okay, cool. Right. You'll realize you've gone too far when they never talk to you again. Yeah. <laughs> because you're heavy you're a heavy conversation yeah. guy and they might be a person though that needs that like just to know that little you're, invitation. you're there the a safe invita- place yeah. not to if use you, a you, terrible you know just occasionally you let them know like if you know if you need you might want not want to talk right now but if you need something I'm here to listen right. hey, yeah. uh, what you're going through is a big deal and, and it's cool whenever you know if you yeah. ever need to talk about it I'm here right. and if you don't ever want to talk about it let me be very clear we will never talk about it. <laughs> you know, right. you say that. Right. Um, I think it's fresh, refreshing for people to just be that honest. Like, mm-hmm. hey, if you want to talk about it, I'm here. Because mm-hmm. it needs to be talked about, I'm sure, at some level. Yeah. But if you don't want to, we're cool. Yeah. So that's what I would encourage you to do, Jared. I like that, though, that you asked about that. Um, yeah. Thanks for jumping in. Because Everybody sometimes the table people do a good job. But sometimes people can do better. Yes. And I'm going to start with a do better. Do you have a do better? I do. Oh, then you go with a do better. Wow. There's a woman in Ohio. Uh, Dateline. She's been banned from a Shell station. (laughs) Ohio woman is banned from Shell, then throws burrito at employee. She wasted a a burrito. Right. Do better. My thing is like, so she's 55 years old, which like when you read that, what are you getting ready to do over there? (laughs) Nothing. (laughs) Um... When you're 55 years old, you've been through some life. and You have seen some stuff. You've seen some stuff. So, a delicious crime was thwarted by a Shell Station employee. Thwarted. Thwarted. Terribly underrated word. Hmm. It's a great word. They used it here. A 55-year-old woman wore out her welcome at the True North Shell Station near Berea, Ohio. Berea. Last Saturday night. The Shell employee said that this woman has been a problem for a while and that this was the last straw, according to Cleveland.com. Two Doritos and enchilada, but the burrito. (laughs) The worker said that the store had experienced problems with the woman in the past. On May 23rd, the woman walked in the store, grabbed a burrito, and started to walk out without paying. (laughs) When the suspect was told that she had to pay for the food, she attempted to walk out with... She threw it at the employee. 
In a confusing turn of events, the would-be shoplifter then refused to leave the store and threatened to sue the employee. Uh-oh. That's that's a weird... <laughs> Probably <term>. not an attorney. <laughs> For what uh. we are not sure. Um, and it's just, you know, so in, case, in the case of the burrito thrower, the angry would-be shoplifter wasn't arrested however police told her she was no longer allowed to enter this shell station she agreed to never come back no word on where she got her next burrito now my (laughs) my thing is that's a great last line to that article (laughs) my thing is like where are you and how hurt are you that like you're one you're gonna think that you need to steal a burrito um and apparently not make a very good attempt at it. Like Right, you're just walking out blatantly like with just the burrito. Angry. And then you're going to throw it. Yeah. And I'm sure there's more to the story. I'm sure Absolutely. there's other things she that have happened. She is not without hurt. But she, you know, she... Sue, going to sue the employee. Not Shell. <laughs> she didn't go for big oil. She went for the poor schlep who like, stopped her from stealing. What is going on? Do better. Sue better. Yeah, sue better. Sue better. Sue better. Oh, man, that might be a new segment. I can't do better. So if you want to... Sure, you go ahead. You want me to go? All right. So this is sort of a, a more lighthearted one, but I, this is an example to me of of meeting a need in the world and doing it in a really cool way. So this is my can't do better. This vending machine refills cleaning products. Oh, by the way, Dateline Chili. Ding! Um, and it refills cleaning products without... Um, new bottles. So you're basically refilling your plastic bottles of cleaning products that you mm. already have, so you're saving plastic and money. And it says, a Chilean startup is bringing their successful model of cleaning product vending machines to New York City, helping residents <laughs> save money and Nobody's avoid <laughs> single-use plastics. <laughs> so, buying by weight at a fixed price can help low-income consumers avoid the higher costs of buying smaller versions of products. So it, it's it's um, helping those who, uh, in, you know, in need of, of cleaning products, especially in this current climate. Um, now, this <laughs> this is just uh, a vision. This this makes me smile that uh, back in Santiago, Chile, the- um, this company operates electric tricycles with the vending machines mounted on the back. Now, that is just something we would not see here. So it just makes me chuckle to envision these these electric tricycles with people driving cleaning vet, supplies vending machines right. in, on, the, on the back that's a strong supplies. little kid that's carrying that thing around <laughs> <laughs> yeah how big are these tricycles i you know but uh hey, Tesla that, that is not <laughs> that is not their plan um in brooklyn where they're they're starting up there they're going to be um installed at commonly visited shopping locations such as laundromats so uh mm. they will not be mobile in New York City, but I wish uh, you know we had a video of that happening in Chile. I think Procter and Gamble's going to have a problem with those people. I I, I just want Clorox wipes back. It's Apparently, a that's a big deal. That is a big the guy deal. said it's going to be like into twenty twenty one because it takes that much. And I'm like, you got your paper, got your water, got your bleach. What else is there? I don't know. But I've never made a bleach wipe, so I will not judge. Dateline, Bing, Switzerland. Wow. Chocolate snow. 
dusts Swiss town after factory malfunction. Senior town covered in chocolate powder is likely one of the only things that could rival waking up to a white Christmas for many children. And for one town in Switzerland last Friday morning, brown Christmas, it wasn't just a fantasy. The Swiss town of Orton, uh, I don't know why I went Swedish, located between Zurich and Basel, received a surprise dusting of cocoa after a ventilation system malfunctioned at a local chocolate factory. Mm. The Lint in Sprugel company said a minor defect <laughs> developed in the cooling ventilation for a line of roasted cocoa nibs. And by the way, love getting nibs into the podcast <laughs> in his factory in Olton. The nibs with a B, are, fragment, are fragments of crushed cocoa beans that serve as the basis of chocolate. The minor defect, combined with strong winds Friday morning, caused the chocolate powder to spread across the immediate area of the oh, factory. Man, I bet it smelled awesome. That um, is fantastic. Users on Twitter shared their excitement over the Willy Wonka-like chocolate anomaly, which for many signified a possible reversal of fortune in a year made dismal by the coronavirus, where someone just appeared hungry for some sweets. 2020 is turning around, one user wrote. <laughs> Chocolate snow, surely only in the next life, another wrote. My dream come true. I think they need to set those up like purpose, like maybe at amusement parks where you can go to this area where it just rain or snows chocolate like those on like, you. Like those cannons that shoot out uh, the t-shirts, but just put like powder right, chocolate. Right, just put cocoa powder. <laughs> just and just, just and to turn all your glory. And you just see people, their hands raised. Yes. Yeah. So you could do like yeah. one of those races, like those color races. Just do chocolate powder. <laughs> Speaking of Sue Better, the last line of the article says, it added, the company added, that the particles were harmless to people and the environment. (laughs) You got to say it. Got to say it. Somebody's going to make us think about it. Somebody, somebody, and somebody was already getting ready for a class action suit. Somebody, somebody, and somebody. Well, your lungs are going to be filled with cocoa powder, and we don't know what that's going to do long term. Yeah, but you know, others have it worse. Delicious. True. Some people have white chocolate stuck in their lungs. Way to minimize the chocolate chocolate. breathers. (laughs) Chocolate breathers. (laughs) All right. And that's how we like to end the show on a good note. Uh, Chocolate breathers. (laughs) (laughs) We thank you for listening. Don't forget to uh, visit lunchtimeinrome.com. And also, we invite you to the table every week on Facebook Live on our Facebook page. So uh, make sure you follow us there so that you can get notified when we go live. We appreciate everybody chiming in tonight and joining us in the conversation. We appreciate you and we thank you very much. Um, and on that note, we will see you next week. Get a good night's sleep for school tomorrow, kids. Bye. I just put kids on a cart and I just <laughs> zip them down the hall. That little girl is an angel. She is, she is a good... Angel girl. Chris turned 80. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and that's the thing. Like, you walk out, still monkey mask. Uh